This week on Emerge Mobile First, a conversation with Ben Parr, co-founder and CMO of Octane AI. Interviewed over 50 different people, PhDs, as well as business leaders like Sheryl Sandberg, Steven Soderbergh, even David Copperfield, to understand like what are the key things that trigger our attention. So I came up with seven core captivation triggers. What are those stages of attention? And then how do you capture attention at each of those stages? Welcome to Mobile First. You'll find bonus tools, expanded information, and key takeaways on our website, EmergeMobileFirst.com. For a quick and effective way to level up your mobile strategy, again, that's EmergeMobileFirst.com. Ben Parr is the author of the best-selling book, Captivology, The Science of Capturing People's Attention, named the top marketing book of 2015 by the Strategy and Business Magazine, and small business trends. He is the co-founder and CMO of Octane AI, the CRM for messenger marketing. He sits on the board of directors of Samasource, the global nonprofit dedicated to impact sourcing and giving work, and is a member of the advisory board of Lufthansa Airlines. Previously, Parr was a venture capitalist, a columnist and commentator at CNET, and co-editor and editor-at-large of Mashable. He's a member of the Forbes 30 Under 30. Ben, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Really excited to have you here. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. And so what I like to do at the beginning here before diving into the insights is just spend a little bit of time understanding your perspective and what makes you tick. Because I think this really helps to provide context for your point of view when digging in a little bit deeper uh, throughout the episode. So just to give you an example, what really shapes my perspective is I'm really passionate about learning how and why things work. And then, like I mentioned earlier, you know, I grew up on, on an emu ranch and, and really trying to uh, figure things out. Then from there, getting into a college, wanting to pursue pre-med and solve problems and, and make an impact. And that actually led me to technology. And so this podcast for me is that intersection of learning and mobile. So two things I'm most passionate about in my profession. So Ben, what are you most passionate about in your profession and why? I'm really passionate about two aspects, more than just profession, just in general, my working career. One is solving a complex problem I've not solved before. And then two, creating a scalable solution to that problem. And so I don't ever think it's enough to solve a problem and then just move on. I think what you really want to do and what excites me is not just solving a problem. It can be a problem related to sales. It could be something more complex like cancer or something. But then how do you scale the solution to that problem because you can solve a problem for one person but how do you solve a problem for a million people a billion people the entire human race the entire planet that's the thing that gets me really excited and then it's just lots of different and interesting topics that i like to figure out especially once when it comes to how do you reach a large amount of people with solutions or ideas and so what caused that for you i think it was just a thing that i started thinking about more in college and then really crystallized when I became the co-editor at Mashable. I think in college, I really came to this belief and it's a core belief of mine and it's really silly. So I'm just going to warn you now. It's that I have the ability and thus the responsibility to change the world for the better. And so when I start out with that premise and I continue with that premise, I realize that you solving problems for people really does help make the world better, especially if you're solving the right problems. But it's useless if it doesn't scale in some way to a larger scale thing that can help larger swaths of people. And I realized the power of the pulpit when I was the editor of Mashable because I had the ability to 
change companies' directions. I had the ability to have a large voice and have a large impact. And so I'd like to try to find ways to scale that impact. Part of the reason I wrote my book, part of the reason I started Octane AI, part of the reason I do a lot of the things that I do. Yeah, and I'm, I'm interested in digging into that. And I re- that was really well articulated, which is really exciting because I think that now it's going to be really insightful into what caused a lot of this growth over your journey. Because in looking at it, you know, you spent majority of your time in the role of, of advising and researching and writing, and now you lead marketing for a digital product company. So what caused that shift and what are some of the personal growth that you've had along the way? So the shift is not as dramatic as I think people believe. So let's go through a couple of them. I am known for my time as the editor of Mashable Journalism. But if you look at what the skill sets are, those are being able to do lots of research, being able to decipher tons of information and distill it to the core ideas, being able to network and build relationships. I moved on to VC. What is that about? That's about looking at lots of companies and distilling them into core ideas and making choices of which ones you need to invest in and building relationships to do it. Almost all the same things as being a journalist. Then I wrote the book. What is that about? That's about doing a lot of research and distilling it down to key pieces of information and using your network in order to get more information and then go and promote it. And then starting a company, which is what I did last year and the co-founder and CMO, is about taking lots of things and distilling it into what actually has to get done and figuring out ways to promote it. Those skill sets are the same or similar. They just shift and evolve. I'll admit, it takes more skill sets to start and found and grow a company than any of the other things I've done. But all the skill sets build on top of each other. And I never think of them as like shifts. I think of them as I built the fundamental layers of my career and now I'm building up that pyramid or that whatever you want, that skyscraper pyramid is a bad term. Is there an element right now, a skill set that's challenging for you in this marketing specific role? As a founder, I have to take on not just the marketing, but operations and other aspects. I think it's switching. That's hard because being super focused on one thing, I think that myself and lots of other people could be really good at. But as a founder, you got to switch from marketing to HR, to operations, to all sorts of things that muscles I haven't necessarily flexed as much. So I find the difficulty to be more in that than, say, the marketing of a product itself. And so for Octane AI, is marketing integrated with sales or sales more of its its own function and marketing is more of the storytelling and you're more on the operation side? The two are interconnected. And I think especially any SaaS software company knows that marketing and sales are interconnected, right? Sales is supposed to bring things to that top of the funnel, and then sales is supposed to take things through the funnel. But they have to work together on things like messaging, on qualifying leads, on all sorts of things. So I think a great marketer needs to understand their sales organization and vice versa. And so I do a lot on both sides, but big difference is marketing's job is to bring in those people, those leads. It's the job of sales to really close it. Right. So you just mentioned this book and, and the research that went into creating your book, Captivology. Can you briefly talk about this book and what inspired it along that journey? So Captivology is a deep dive into the psychology and science of attention. I wrote it because 
lots of companies were coming to me for help in press, marketing, customer, and user acquisition, virality. And I realized all those areas fall around the same thing, which is about attention. And I realized going deeper into that subject could be helpful. And that every business, and not just every business, but every human being has to captivate attention in some way. Parents need the attention of their kids. Teachers need the attention of students. Rising stars need the attention of agents and managers and audiences. Businesses need the attention of customers. So I went through years of research, interviewed over 50 different people, PhDs, as well as business leaders like Sheryl Sandberg, Steven Soderbergh, even David Copperfield, to understand like what are the key things that trigger our attention. So I came up with seven core captivation triggers. What are those stages of attention? And then how do you capture attention at each of those stages? Would you mind going through those seven? I'm really fascinated. The seven go kind of in order of how early in the stages of attention they happen. Automaticity, which is about automatic sensations and how certain colors captivate our attention automatically versus others. Framing, which is how we use framing to decide which things to pay attention to or not. Things like global, if you say the word global warming, that'll change people's attention automatically. Disruption, which is we pay attention to things that violate our expectations of the world. Reward, so certain types of rewards and the ways you deliver it change the way we behave. Mysteries, the right kind of storytelling, specifically in terms of mysteries and uncertainty, captivate our attention for a lot of psychological reasons. Acknowledgement, which is that we pay attention to the people and things that pay attention to us and provide us with validation, empathy, and understanding, and reputation. The final, which is a trigger that captivates our attention based on reputable sources of information, the power of experts, the power of the crowd. Are you seeing any of this play a role in your approach for marketing Octane AI? All the time, all the time. It's in how we write emails. It's mm -hmm. in how we figure out our sales process. It's in how we set up our homepages. It's in all different various aspects in the people that we bring on for webinars, the whole stack. Interesting. And so for those of us that may not know what a Octane AI is, can you give us a quick description of who you guys are and what you do? So Octane AI is the CRM for messenger marketing. Our tagline is e messenger marketing is the new email marketing. And so businesses spend millions of dollars communicating with their customers over email, using all these different email services. But those customers have moved over to messaging apps. 3 billion people use messaging apps. 1.2 billion people use Facebook Messenger alone. And if you're trying to reach a younger audience, you need to go to those messaging apps. But the software to communicate with those customers, to build campaigns, to do all of that hasn't existed. So Octane AI is that software. It's built as a CRM using a bots and AI in order to automatically communicate with customers, starting with Facebook Messenger, but eventually across other platforms where you might have a conversation with the consumer. It helps you run campaigns, collect data, do drip campaigns, all the same kinds of things you're used to over email, except through conversation, you can have use cases and better click-through rates that weren't possible before. Sweet. And I definitely want to dig into a use case or two in, in a little bit because I think that you know bots and AI can sound really scary and really technical, but I think that what you guys are trying to do is, is make it really easy to access for a lot of different types of people. And so maybe to start, who is your target market and, and who specifically do you serve? Typically, our target market is businesses and brands that are more established. If you're just starting out as a startup, our software is probably not for you. 
But if you are everything from the L'Oreal's of the world to small to mid-sized e-commerce business, you definitely can use us. I think the biggest thing here is that you're trying to sell something. You're trying to take a specific action. So L'Oreal, for example, utilizes us for their uh, Kiehl's series of products. And with the Kiehl's, they use it specifically for helping consumers figure out what product they want and helping them reach that product. It's really useful for the end consumer because it's the same kind of thing they used to do in the store where someone would consult with them until they found the right product for them. The product finder that they have in the Kiehl's experience does the same kind of thing. So the kind of target market is typically someone who does marketing. If you're used email marketing, then you should absolutely use our software. So with that, that client, Specifically, maybe uh, can you walk us through what that end customer experience is like? Just maybe paint a deeper picture of what that chatbot, I guess, essentially the value is providing. If you ever want to try it, you just type m.me slash Kiehl's US, K-I-E-H-L-S-U-S and try theirs. We power hundreds, if not, we power thousands actually. But in that kind of experience, it will greet you or it will message you depending on how you opted in. And then it will try to help you out finding a product. It'll be it'll start a conversation where it's like, have you been to a Kiehl's before? Are you a man or woman? What kind of skin do you have? Do you have dry skin, tight skin, oily skin? And the, you respond as the end consumer. And then it asks what kind of product you're looking for. And in using those things, it helps recommend the right product for you. And then it helps you purchase and fulfill that order if you want that product, or it'll remind you later if you want to get that product later. So that's kind of the core kind of experience, at least on the keel side, on the cover, same kind of thing that CoverFX, another one of our customers does as well. And looking at some of the different types of customers you serve just by looking at the website, and this is just my personal opinion, it, it seemed like you, you had somewhat of a focus on the entertainment industry. Like I saw a couple actors, I saw an actress and I saw you know 50 Cent. And I understand that you're also appealing to consumer market. So is there a reason why that is, or maybe that I misread something? It's just simply that when we first started, we knew a lot of artists from our like past work. My co-founder had created a company that had worked with a lot of the major musicians and they had trusted us and they hopped on board with what we're doing. But also, if you think about it, really these artists are e-commerce brands. They're selling merchandise, they're selling tickets, they're selling that sort of thing. Like the best use case for our product is in the e-commerce spaces. You want to like get a purchase fulfilled. You want to not just do that, but for example, if somebody abandons a cart, maybe you want them to get a message from you. These are all the kinds of things that we're helping power. And so there's all these like interesting use cases that celebrities have used us for, but they're really just applicable, just as applicable, if not more applicable to brands that really need to drive sales and ROI. Our biggest thing is platform that actually drives the business metrics that you care about for and especially sales. So then, you know, putting that CMO hat back on, what is your current primary focus? It's building out the features that businesses are used to in email software, but for messaging, you know, for example, the ability to run drip campaigns, the ability to do segmentation and targeting. We have a series of new features that are really going to be focused on helping you with convert conversions and sales coming up in the very near future. But really, it's around those kinds of things. I see. So would you say then the, the primary focus for Octane AI internally then is really focusing on the, the functionality of that product offering? The 
is really on that product offering and making it really available, especially to larger brands. We just rolled out, as an example, a new version of the homepage last Friday, which talks about the case of why email marketing is being not just replaces the wrong word as much as being augmented by messenger marketing. And so we see this as a completely new channel that is gaining more and more interest. And the long-term inevitability in our mind is that every business will have to do some kind of messenger marketing and market over messaging apps because that's where their customers are. We're building the software to enable it. And what we're doing is making that software smarter. We're making it more useful and we're providing a interface and features that businesses are used to and want and need and have used in other platforms before. So let's say is like, you know, someone that's wanting to try this because you're saying that it's, you see it inevitable and that's what's coming. And it's something that should be augmented to current email uh, system in place or strategy in place. So someone that should be taking this on or trying this, how, how do you advise they go about, you know, testing if it's the right fit for them, if it's the right fit for their product offering, if it's the right fit for their customer? The simple kind of thing that we do with a lot of our customers is we go over like, what are the core goals? What are you really trying to accomplish? And that really drives what the use case for the product is. So if you're really trying to drive sales, for example, the product finder use case where you have a where you use a bot to help recommend a product might be the best use case. Others are really focused on data collection. We launched a feature called decision data that lets you collect information on the decisions people make and retarget against it. So for example, when you're talking with L'Oreal or Kiehl's, it'll they'll be able to send messages just personalized messages just to the people who have oily skin, which makes it far more relevant to the consumer and for the brand. But you might also, for example, be focused on an activation. So for example, maybe you have a big launch date and you really want to get a lot of people to buy on that date, or maybe you are a candidate and you really want to get a lot of people to vote on that date. Then we build a experience with you that's focused around activations. So it really depends on that use case, you where we work with them, figure out what that use case, what that goal is, and then build around that goal. So you build conversations and you build marketing campaigns in Octane AI around that specific goal. So that by the end, you'll have achieved and exceeded the metrics that you need to have, especially when it compared to the email software and the other software you have. Because like in email marketing, your average click-through rate is somewhere between 1.7 and 4.8%. The average click-through rate in an Octane AI campaign is 40%, and that's because it's over messaging. Hmm, yeah. I guess, is there a use case that has actually surprised you how effective it was? I have been surprised by the different ways that people have utilized our product. Some hmm. product finder, for example, was not an immediate one I had thought of, but there have been some brands who have built really, really advanced product finders that are really complex and really help you figure out everything from like the right makeup to buy to like there's one that tells you the right strand of marijuana for you based on your needs, which I would never have thought of, but it was a really intricate and elegant experience and a good way for recommending something to people. I've seen people create really interesting conversations. Rick Ross, for example, was able to collect thousands of addresses, zip codes, phone numbers, and other pieces of information through many contests that he's run. There's others who just really focused on brand affinity and growing the relationship between themselves and their audience by creating Easter eggs in 
conversation. So you can type just different random words and phrases to Botten. If you want to program secret words or phrases that get a unique response, you can. And we've seen a bunch of brands actually do that. Like one actually just sent met like uh, personalized drawings for different words and phrases that you just have to figure out and guess. All sorts of cool things are possible. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah, sorry, I'm just taking some notes here because I think there's just a, really, a couple of really cool use cases. And I'm curious about this that product finding. That was the first one that you mentioned. Is that just something that's set up by like a Q&A to personalize and filter down to the right product? Or is, is it something that's more robust than that? So we created a feature and an interface called Convos. It allows you to create conversational content and product finders and things like that in an interface that's similar to writing a blog post on Medium or in WordPress. We try to make it super easy, remove all the programming restrictions. It's a kind of product that you could put in front of a content team and they'll instantly know how to use it. And so in this kind of thing, you can create all these different kinds of branches and these variations that are not possible in static conversations or in emails or in blog posts that are only possible through like our convos editor. So it can get really, really advanced or it can be really simple. We make it possible to do both. And so one of the, the things you said you're focused on is making it really available. What did you mean by that? I think one of the issues with a lot of products out there just in general is either you have to really rely on a development team to build out all these sorts of things or you have to rely on, there's technology companies that tend to act more like agencies. We've built a true piece of software that you could just put in front of your content and social teams and they could run with it because they're familiar with the core concepts of it from other products that they've used. It's a familiar interface. Like once we onboard you, you're able to create content on your own and you're able to create all sorts of different experiences, a lot of ones that we can't create. But in order to do that, we had to create a piece of software that was both intuitive and did not require engineering teams or crazy advanced work in order to launch something that's that's interesting, compelling, and drives ROI. Interesting. So I guess to get maybe a better sense of where this lives in that whole funnel, it's not necessarily around the awareness generation. It's more around the lead generation and the conversion. Is that right? Or, or does it live further up? I think that this that Octane AI is especially ideal for lead generation and conversion. You can use it for awareness, and some brands do, but I think where it really shines is those conversion rates, is that when you're using it for sales, when you're using it to collect specific pieces of data to personalize messages against, that's where Octane AI really shines. And I was just curious, how could it generate awareness? Is there like a use case or two? In the brand affinity kind of use case, what happens a lot of times is these brands will do a combination of buying Facebook ads to drive people to specific conversations they've created, which tend to have more engagement. We have a feature that we've come out with called Comment Capture, which is part of our enterprise offering, where you can create a special type of Facebook post where anybody who comments on it automatically receives a message from your page, from your bot from Octane AI. And if they respond back, they become, they opt into fo as a follower of that experience. And now you can send future messages to them. So the, the very core is just like email, where like if you want to sign up for an email newsletter, 
You might do it on a website. You might do it on a Facebook page. You might do it elsewhere. We provide all those same tools. We even have this feature where people could just type it in an email or fill out a form and they hit a checkbox. And instead of just getting an email confirmation, they can actually get a messenger confirmation without the need to have them connect their Facebook account or use Facebook Connect or anything uh, that difficult. It's just like signing up for a newsletter. We make a lot of different ways in which to build awareness for that experience. And then you can amplify it by sending messages, sending campaigns, sending conversations. And all, each of those conversations is shareable, just like an Evo newsletter is shareable. We have a button that you can users can click to share it with their friends, to send it over Twitter, to send it over Facebook, to send it over Messenger, and let it spread virally as well. I think a lot of the rise of just how we're seeing just these apps like Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp just kind of create their own ecosystems and they're just getting a lot of traction. I'm really curious what some of the biggest hurdles are for, for people starting to adopt playing in those realms. And you mentioned the thing that you're focusing on is becoming really available. And so I guess on the flip side, that's in response to maybe not necessarily knowing how to jump in right away. So I guess, what are some of the, the biggest challenges that you're facing right now with, with helping people to onboard and familiarize themselves with how this can be you know, a value add? The number one thing, the number one most difficult thing I see all of our customers and prospects going through is writing content for conversation. It's a thing that's new. It's a thing they haven't done before. You know, you've written content for your email newsletters, for blog posts. You know how to do that. But writing content for a conversation is different. You have to script out what you're going to say and what you want your audience to respond with. Once you get to the hang of it, your eye, I've seen eyes just open, like the possibilities, the conversation trees, the different kinds of information you can collect. All sorts of possibilities open up. But you have to first get around the idea of writing content for conversations first. It's a new thing that you have to learn. And so do you see Octane AI just focusing in this messaging medium, or do you see it with now you have augmented reality starting to pop its head out with you know the, the new AR kit with Apple, and you have these other now mediums to which you can interact and engage. Do you see it mainly being a messaging solution, or do you see it being applicable in some of these other environments? Without giving too much away <laughs> and you know if anyone's eavesdropping on our conversation they can totally hit us up and we can tell you more but we're planning to go well beyond the idea of just bots that go over messaging we're going to try to do something completely different yeah so maybe we'll keep in touch then and as you're able to leak things we can we can help provide information so given what we've talked about what do you believe will be the one thing, you know, once you've figured it out, we will, will allow Octane AI to scale to that next level? I think the biggest things are creating more educational content to make it, like, especially once people really get wrap their ideas, their heads and their ideas around the kinds of conversations they can create, and then the ROI of it, which is just the use cases. Once they wrap their heads around, these are clear use cases for Octane AI for messenger marketing, it all becomes super clear. And that's just, I think, the next stage of everything. Like the software is allows for incredible creativity. And I think we're going to see even more incredible things. It's just a matter of wrapping for businesses, wrap their heads around the idea of messenger marketing is an inevitability. And if we embrace it right, 
we can have far superior conversion rates, sales rates, engagement rates than we get over email or over social, which is the first line. And then figure out what's that use case for your product, whether for what you need, whether it's a product finder or it's focused on data collection or whether you're just focused on activation or brand affinity or troubleshooting. Clear use cases that make it very clear why you should have Octane AI makes it very clear for everyone and makes it an easier decision, I think. And so, Ben, what's the coolest thing that you're working on right now that you're able to share and want everyone to check out? We've been working really hard on this backend technology called decision data. Right now, for example, if you have a conversation with any of the bots on our platform, they can collect what kind of decisions you make. As an example, again, L'Oreal, they now know who has dry skin, who has oily skin, and they can automatically segment people into lists. So we have this automatic segmentation technology that we just rolled out where you can automatically segment people into these different buckets and send messages, conversations to those groups or subgroups of those groups and really start interesting conversations that are much more personalized. And we've been building a lot of cool technology on the back end to support things like that, where the goal, the vision is rather than having the same email sent to 50,000 people, which is the current state of marketing, you can have 50,000 personalized, individualized conversations based on the decisions they make in that conversation and the previous decisions they made in past conversations, which makes, I think, the customer experience and the brand experience just so much better than what's possible with any other channel. So then where should we go to keep tabs on this as well as the technology starts to proliferate into some of these other environments? OctaneAI.com is the best place to go. You can sign up for a newsletter. You can request demos. You can read through some of the kinds of things we're doing. We have a whole new series of content that's coming out on a new blog that we're rolling out. We also own Chatbots Magazine, which is the largest publication in the world of bots where you can learn about what's happening in the latest in the industry and you can learn new trends. You can read our My Co-Founder's Complete Guide to Bots. We have a whole bunch of other content coming out soon. So just keep your eye trained on OctaneAI.com and more will be coming out. All right, there you have it. Make sure to go check out OctaneAI.com to keep it tabs on Ben's work and some of the cool things that they're working on. Also, make sure to tune in this Friday for a rapid fire question round where Ben's going to be sharing some of his most valuable resources. Well, Ben, thanks for uh, joining us today. It was uh, a pleasure to have you on and to learn a lot more about uh, Octane AI and some of the cool things that you guys have in the works over there and, and how you're able to help companies really improve sales and, and work on that conversion in a very new way. So again, thank you for taking the time to chat with us. Always really appreciate coming on. Hey, thank you for listening. Make sure to tune in this Friday for this week's guest resources from our rapid fire question round. And I'm always happy to be a resource in any way that I can. So visit emergemobilefirst.com to reach out to me directly or for additional insights, resources, and bonus tools that can help catapult your organization to the next level. Until next time, think mobile first.